Hello, everyone. Today is June 14th. I'm not sure when you will hear the podcast, but the date is a little bit significant as it's just a couple of days after the, uh, the new moon and the solar eclipse. So, you know, around these astrological times, we are, this, this, this is a great time uh, to set a new intention, to manifest and whatnot. And for those of us who are very consciously creating the life that we want to live, this is an ongoing process and work. So that one morning, I don't know if it was before, I think it was before the solar eclipse where I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to sit and I just didn't even want to think about it because as I looked around my place, I was just in awe of everything that I was surrounded by. So I, uh, one of my, my living room window, it faces east. So early morning, as the sun is rising, if from my window, I can, from my bedroom, I can see my living, living room just all reddish orangey as the sun is coming up. In the evening time, through my um, north window that's facing a little bit northwest, so the sunset, the light of it fills my living space again. So that morning I woke up, uh, it was not, sun, it was, you know, a couple of hours after the sunrise. I was sitting on the couch and I, the whole, my whole condo was filled with light. And what I also saw, paid attention to, is my balcony, through the balcony door, I could see the little um, herb plants that I have placed in the balcony. I get a lot of morning sun and they were just kind of, Gently, the leaves were moving in the breeze. And I can see the, the, the table where I put my fruit bowl and et cetera. It was just, I had just gone grocery shopping and it was just filled with colorful fruit. And I just got the sense that this is, this must be heaven. Because I was just surrounded by so much abundance, nature, beauty, and I felt so much love. So then I thought, and we still continue to set the intentions and do the work, which has to do with that which we desire, which is all good. But just that morning, I felt like, what more possibly, what possibly more I could desire? with everything that I was surrounded by. So that morning I got up and I uh, went, I wanted to go for a long walk just to awaken my senses. And I didn't take my cell phone with me. That's the, you know, usual, put the cell phone on, put the pods in and listening to music or podcast or something. So I didn't want to take it with me. And I just, you know, went for a walk I had no idea where I was going. I just wanted to let the path take me wherever it wanted to take me. And I ended up in this beautiful wooded uh, park with the stream of water flowing and the trees were creating a shade, a lot of uh, critters and um, bird sounds. And it was just, you know, just beautiful. And all the neighborhoods and the houses I came across, they were just um 
you know, so much gardens and colors and flowers were growing in their front yards. So I enjoyed so much of that. And what came to me is the topic that I wanted to talk about was freedom versus liberation. So, and that's how that, you know, the freedom from wanting something, freedom from having to manifest and create, which is all great. But every now and then, it felt really good to just experience uh, letting go of it all and just coming to what is and enjoying and opening our heart and opening our presence to that which we already have, that which we are already surrounded by. So as I was thinking about this topic, uh, you know, a story uh, comes to my mind, which is fitting to this topic. A few years ago, I went to, um, it was like a Kundalini white Tantra uh, yoga immersion at the summer solstice in New Mexico, up on the mountains. And I really wanted to go because I had heard so much about the wonderful experiences that those who attended before me had had. So anyways, my friend and I wanted to go there. We signed up as we were driving up the mountain. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what this was going to be. Um, and as we you know, drove up the mountain, the sun was at the highest peak, very hot. And um, all I could see around me was a lot of tents. And we you know, had to drop our luggage at a station. And then we would walk to our cabin where they would deliver our luggage. And as I was walking, the sun was harsh. It was windy. And the wind was like, you know, just gusts of dust or sand right on your cheeks. And right at that moment, I thought, oh, my gosh, I can we go back? I, I don't know if I can survive this. The elements were really harsh. So to add uh, more, as I entered the cabin, I was so just exhausted, wanting to just sit. So the cabin was literally the size of a matchbox. And in each corner of this matchbox were two bunk beds. So there were eight people in each little cabin. And what do you know? And I just wanted to sit on a bed when I couldn't because my bed was I had to climb up to the bunk bed to the bed above. And there was a tree trunk that you step on to get onto the bed. And then when you get on the bed, all there was a, you know, like a bare mattress. And I had to lug my stuff up there and somehow sit up on the bed and put the bed sheet on. If I was any another inch or two taller, in my head would be crushing into the ceiling. So that's that was my space. So, anyways, I got up and sat up and uh, made the bed, sat up there, and then we we had a session, and it was equally. Um, Another experience, because there was like over 2,000 people, the floor was concrete and they had burlap on. So there was a lot of dirt and dust around. And, you know, there's, a, there's just a lot of traffic, a lot of people. And the yoga practices considered doing some kriyas or some meditations that involved a body movement and chanting. 
32 minutes at a time. And they were pretty harsh in the sense that you, you have to keep your eyes open. You have to keep your gaze at a particular thing because you're working with a partner and you're looking at them or they're looking at you. And so anyways, there was just, and so many times the first, during the first day, my colleague and I thought like, can we, can we leave? And no one will know. Can we just check out, just pack your bag and just leave and just nobody will know. So that thought came to my mind, you know, the, the first day, but, you know, eventually after the first day, I got up to my bed to sleep and there was only this tiny little rectangular window, which I could look through to expand my space because there was nothing. There was just very tiny cabin. And I remember I fell asleep the hardest because I just surrendered. So, and each day there was more surrendering. Each day there was more letting go to what is, and then that's where the magic happens. In the meditations, there was so much uh, inner conflict or inner dialogue telling me to get out of here, or I was saying things that I shouldn't be saying, or, you know, I would just, you know, be annoyed or oh my God, when is this going to end? Somewhere in that, I found myself surrendering again and again and again. This was, I think, three and a half days of continuous meditations, 32 minutes, 32 minutes, 62 minutes, we had a break and then we continued. It just went on and on and on. So we just kind of got into a trance. And I remember surrendering, having to surrender each and every time because uh, there was no other way. So. You know, when we talk about, you know, having been a yogi most of my, all of my life, really a long time ago, since I started the practice and teaching it, that's the path is the, the path, the yoga is to liberate us or to, you know, get the moksha or nirvana where we let go of all of our desires and our wanting and then just surrender to what is. And I remember I had to do a lot of that at this uh, summer solstice kundalini tantra yoga experience. And, you know, there'll be another episode where I can talk about those experiences. They were phenomenal. They were profound. So that morning, um, during or after the, um, the what is that, the, the eclipse, the solar eclipse, I wanted to do just that. I wanted to just let go because sometimes in, in our world of creating and manifesting and, you know, it's, it, it, it can, it still work you're still doing a different type of a work. And with all the, the previous episodes that I've done on unconditioning and deep programming, and all of those are necessary and important as we free ourselves from the societal values and norms so we can come to who we are. But many times what we do, we let go of one kind of conditioning and we um, attach on to another kind. So it's a bondage of a different kind. The point of, you know, what if 
what if every now and then we created a contrast by just simply not wanting anything, not, not having to create anything, not having to manifest anything, just being. And uh, um, so that just, that felt to me, that's the liberation. The liberation is, that's why even when we are setting intentions, we talk about set the intention and let it go and forget about it. Because now you don't want to be a slave to that which you want to create, right? That's another kind of conditioning. That's another kind of bondage. So it's doing all that you know to do and then forget about it. So in order to forget about it, it really involves that we bow down or we surrender or we are, in, you know, I don't like to use the word enslaved, but but really bow down or surrender to that, which is the supreme intelligence, the, the God power, the source, whatever you may call it. Because that's where I myself find the liberation. And even on an ongoing day-to-day basis, even moment to moment, when life can get to be too much, when um, you're experiencing so much that it's a nice tool to have and to cultivate, to just simply surrender, surrender to what is and uh, allow allow the flow of life to take over. So that's what I that's a that's what this is about is you know freedom versus liberation. Liberation is about wanting nothing and just simply being okay with what there is. And the truth of the matter is at the very core we actually require very little, right? So with my example on this retreat, just a tiny little bed where I could barely fit in a window enough for me to look outside, and that was my space. That's all I had. Um, the showers were in the dark. At nighttime, you couldn't turn the light on. And I remember one evening, I took a shower in the dark, trusting that there would be nothing crawling on my feet. And I walked out, and there was a gust of wind that just slapped me so hard on the stones or the dust just hit my face that I had just washed by taking a shower. My hair were a mess. And I thought I would be just so like ticked off, but I don't know. I didn't, I thought nothing of it. I just wiped the stuff off my face and I, I took it as just part of the normal day. And it didn't take long, pretty much within a day. I was accustomed to the elements around me. And even though they were very harsh, So, and I think we're all equipped with that innate, um, with that innate liberation, with that innate um, satisfaction, if that's the word that I want to use, you know, the innate okayness that whatever it is, you know, I'm going to be okay. And isn't that the truth? Um, of our being that no matter what happens, sometimes we fear something. Oh my God, I can't have this happen. I can't believe, like I can't go through with it. 
But the funny thing is when we go through something that we never wanted to go through or we dread, and what happens, we somehow adjust to it. We become okay with it. That's the adaptability. I think it's more than the adaptability. It's the, our inner being, which is um, our inner being, which is okay, totally okay with however and whatever is going on and has that capacity to rise above the circumstances and still experience that perfection um, in the moments which are far from uh, perfection as we think about it in our minds. So that's the liberation. So that's the ultimate yogic path is to be liberated. That it's a kind of freedom that's not dependent upon having um, enough money in the bank. It's not the freedom that comes from, well, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. I can think for myself. I can decide for myself. It's a, it's a liberation where it really doesn't matter. And that, I think, that's the biggest, uh, that's the power. That's the power within us. That's the power that is not, it's a God-like power within us. It's the inner knowingness in us that um, no matter what, we're going to adjust. No matter what, we're going to be okay. We actually need far less than what we think we need. And, um, and that's true for me. That's true for all beings. We are created that way. We are created to be adaptable. So what do we do with, you know, all the inner work and the manifesting and the creating that goes on? But it's a very different texture and a feel to that when we are creating from a place of fullness rather than a place of emptiness. A place of fullness is, I'm going to be okay either way. Um, so there's not an attachment to the outcome of your manifestations, to the outcome of your intentions. And that's when we can truly get out of the way. And so when we pivot from a place of fullness, the vibration is much different than we, if we are coming from a place of neediness, less than emptiness, then the vibration is very different. And we continue the universe or the, the quantum will only match the vibrations that we emit. So the vibration changes depending on how are we pivoting. Are we pivoting from a place of fullness or are we pivoting from a place of um, emptiness? Are we pivoting from fear or are we pivoting from love? Are we pivoting from trust or are we pivoting from fear? And the truth is, our deepest prayers are always known. You know, when we are, you know, when I work with people on setting intentions, you know, there's so much mentally that we want. But what, how do I put that all in? How do I make sure that I, I think about it in a perfect way or I, um, line them up in a perfect way that I see them every day, that I don't miss anything. You know, that can be exhausting. 
So it's really about letting go. Remember, it's the intention and it's the vibration of the intention. And it really, our deepest desires are known because our deepest desires are placed inside of us by the higher being or the supreme intelligence within us, whatever you may call it. So we don't have to struggle to kind of show, say, you know, did you hear me? Did you see this is what I wanted? We really don't have to struggle with that because our deepest desires are, are known to the quantum, even if we don't know them. Sometimes we don't even know that's what we wanted until we get it. And we're like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I, I you know, because our imagination is so limited by our past experiences that sometimes we cannot imagine the unimaginable. Sometimes we can't imagine what is possible. But we don't have to. We just have to let go of the definitive, uh, the definitive meaning of it. It's the 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 vibration of the desire that's alive that gets replicated or mirrored by the quantum field. So as much as, um, you know, we are co-creators, every now and then it serves a big purpose for us to just completely surrender and let go. So we can keep creating from a cup that is full. And in order to fill up our cup, we don't really need everything to happen the way we want it. Sometimes, and actually that's really not even how it happens because we can't imagine how it will manifest, how something will manifest. But really, we fill up the cup by getting out of the way. We fill up the cup by liberating ourselves from a certain by liberating ourselves from our limited thinking. And that's what we continue to come in the way. We continue to block the flow or come in the way because the ego is attached to the outcome to show up in a certain way. And uh, so it's just to get out, get ourselves out of the way. So that is the message today, and um, it's going to be a short podcast, but I thought it was worth doing, and uh, you can read up more about my work on ayurvedahealingcenter.com, and um, thank you for listening to the podcast, and this was podcast number 20. I started it beginning of this year. So I'm happy to have recorded 20 episodes and I look forward to seeing you at the next. Take care. Again, this is Mina Puri, host of Igniting Change, Finding Your Fire. Thank you for watching.